one. Welcome, glad we could be with you. This is Dave Hodges, as you heard in the intro, and I am the host of the show that is trying to free America, one enslaved mind at a time. We have a terrific guest for you, and I've got a little personal story before we get started, but we'll get to that in just a moment. First, I've got to let you know who brings us this show. And in these times of such volatility, and these times in which services could be interrupted, given the right, uh, shall we say, social interferences, you really need to have food and water. And we bring the package to you. And they're brought to you by the same people. One is preparewithdave.com. Best pricing, best quality, 25-year shelf life, no glyphosates, no GMOs. And we do have the two and the four-week options available. And you can order in multiple packets now. So we've got the whole meal deal that you guys have requested. It's right there, preparewithdave.com. And the other part, if you need food, well, you got to have water, too. And we know that uh, most of our water supplies are compromised. Two-thirds of us, according to the research in a couple of studies I've read, tell us that we have chromium-6 in great numbers. That causes cancer. We have lead. We have all other kinds of contaminants in our water. And even if you had access to water, some of the water that we have access to is not good water. And this Alexapure Pro, this filter, is fantastic. And uh, before we take a product on, we do testing and we do try it out. And I have to tell you, I'm thoroughly impressed with the Alexa Pure Pro. And there's a special on right now. So if you act quickly, you're going to get $50 off. And that's well over a third of the asking price. Go to waterwithdave.com. That's waterwithdave.com. Well, we've got Frosty Woolrich on it. Frosty is someone who uh, was pointed out to me. Oh, gosh. i got to do the calendar dating here. About 14 years ago. When my wife and I had bought our vacation, excuse me, our vacation, our, our retirement home, and we used it as a vacation home for a while, and then John McCain showed up and says, no, 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 we, we're going to take your land from you, and we're not going to pay you for it. We're going to slow burn you off your land with all these restrictions, and we're going to put a Canamex highway in. That was the highway system for the Central American Free Trade Agreement. And we said, whoa, we're really up against it. Well, we were able to attract the attention of Frosty Woolrich, who was writing for News with Views at the time. And I was telling Frosty this before we came on. 14 years ago, he showed us uh, great support, and uh, I'll always be indebted to Frosty. He wrote a three-part series on News with Views. Alex Jones's people picked it up. His guest host, Bob Dacey, interviewed me about it. Uh, Doug Hagman, Steve Quayle, all the notables, all the people who are my friends today in this industry picked up on this and said, we got to help this community. And it was an eight-year fight, but we eventually won. And as I went through this process and I became the spokesperson and was in the media pretty extensively, I ended up with a radio show and I found out it's not just the Central American Free Trade Agreement we have to worry about. It's everything. Our whole system, our whole culture, our government, our constitution is being turned upside down, as you know. And uh, so if you don't like me, you can blame Frosty. But uh, I wanted to publicly thank Frosty uh, before we bring him on for doing what he did for my little community out here northwest of Phoenix, about 25 miles north of metropolitan Phoenix. And uh, I think without that kind of exposure, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. I'd be paying mortgages on two places and probably working at four jobs. Frosty, welcome to the show. And by way of introduction, I just wanted to let everyone know, this is the original Renaissance man. His bio, his conservative bio, his modest bio, oh my gosh, it's uh, probably about a page and a half long with all that he's done. He's lectured in too many universities to mention, but including my undergraduate university, University of Denver. He's been a bartender. He's biked across the United States. The man is a, a, an amazing specimen of fitness when you look at all the things he's done. But most of all, I know Frosty from his work with, shall we say, immigration issues and how immigration is being used to deculturize the United States, how it's being used to compromise our economy. And we're going to talk about where we're at today and do kind of a barometer check on the United States. And Frosty's going to be talking about a topic that he calls, Are There Too Many People in America? Frosty, much thanks to you, my friend. Great gratitude goes to you from my community, but also, too, my audience is in for a treat, and I want to thank you for joining us. Well, Dave, thank you very much, and it's a pleasure uh, to be with your audience, and I hope that this discussion uh, becomes a national debate uh, on the future of our country, 
And actually, with my first book uh, 15 years ago, Immigration's Unarmed Invasion, Deadly Consequences, uh, that book is now coming to fruition faster than I ever imagined. And it was, it, it was based on the Governor Lamb of Colorado uh, and his uh, Eight Ways to Destroy America speech back in October of 2003. Uh, and I was in the audience, and then he allowed me and said that you could write a book about those Eight Ways to Destroy America. And then the next book uh, of this trilogy uh, is America on the Brink, the next added 100 million Americans. And that book came out five years ago, and it, it talks about the ramifications, the consequences uh, to our country, to our civilization, uh, to our culture, to our language, to our ethos, uh, if we continue on this path of mass immigration, which is about to add 100 million more immigrants from 196 different countries around the world, uh, and those 196 different countries uh, and those 100 million immigrants are coming in here with 196 different world views, 196 different religions, 196 <coughs> different cultures, and they're coming here with uh, a different way of life that's incompatible with uh, the American way of life. And so we're really facing a, a tremendous, uh, uh, literally onslaught uh, based on this legal immigration, and that doesn't even count the illegal. And then the third book is coming out in uh, March of next year, and it's titled uh, America's Overpopulation Predicament. Uh, subtitle is Blindsiding Future Generations. And, of course, what I ask in the book and I show the consequences of is does anyone here want to add another 140 million people to the United States in the next 30 years? And what good can come of that when we're already facing extraordinary gridlock, uh, we're facing uh, literally polluted skies with a uh, brown cloud over Denver, over Los Angeles, over Phoenix, and every other place in the country. But then the water issues, certainly uh, the energy issues, and then the resource issues, but also the sociological issues of mixing all these incompatible cultures and then displacing the American people uh, from their culture, from their language, from their ethos. Uh, this, book is, this book should be a national bestseller because it's literally going to chronicle what's happening to our society and where we're headed and what we're going to bequeath to our children if we don't change course. Well, you've been talking about changing course for some time now, and I remember that uh, I heard you speak one time on Coast to Coast with Art Bell, and I think you mentioned something about 100 hospitals had closed down because we were obligated by law to treat illegal aliens without charging them, and 100 hospitals had closed down. And gosh, Frosty, that must have been 2004, 2005 timeframe. And that seems like a, a drop in the bucket now compared to where we're at. Well, that's true. And of course, you've heard, Dave, and everyone listening, the, the government has been telling us, and the mainstream media has been telling us uh, for over 15 years that we only have 11 million illegal aliens in the country. <laughs> and now, in just the last two weeks, the latest reports show. Uh, the corrected number is between 22 million and 25 million. A and, of course, uh, the crisis is is that they actually are displacing American citizens from jobs uh, at a living wage. Uh, they're displacing entire communities with their own Spanish language and or Arabic language. And I don't know if too many people know me that have heard me before or any of my writing, but I've traveled all over the country, and I've, I've done it in the, the summers, uh, I've watched entire cities transformed, uh, such as Dearborn, Michigan. Detroit, Michigan once was a, a, a fantastic American enclave. A, a, and I wrote a piece called The Tragedy of Detroit back in 2009 about the fact that uh, Detroit had lost 1.2 million people. It went from 1.85 million, and it's even lost more now. It's down to 648,000 and well over 300,000. Uh, of those people in Dearborn, Hamtramck, and Detroit right now are Muslims. And if you go uh, to Muslim immigrants, and if you go to Detroit, you will see mosques everywhere. You will see burqas everywhere. Uh, there's Arabic everywhere. It's called worm writing. Uh, they don't use English. They don't incorporate. They don't fly the American flag. They Virtually all of them, they're on welfare. They're chain migrating at an extraordinary rate of speed. And they've turned uh, Detroit, Michigan into a uh, literally a growing uh, Baghdad, uh, Baghdad, Iraq, if you will. Uh, the same thing's happening in Minneapolis, Minnesota. There's over 120,000 Somalis. 
there, and they now have uh, eight new cases of a new form of polio. And one of the things that most Americans don't realize is, is that your 535 Congress critters are out there allowing this invasion legally into our country and illegally by not securing the borders or even carrying out the laws on the books because if you're an employer of illegal aliens, you should be taken uh, to court uh, a $2,000 fine for each illegal hired and up to five years in prison. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, we're not going after the employers. We keep trying to chase down the illegals, and that's doing nothing to stop the source of the problem. And notice that in, in the last 15 years, from Boehner, uh, the Speaker of the House, right on down, Nancy Pelosi, and, and certainly the, you know, McCormick, and you name it, McConnell, uh, there's no E-Verify. They, they won't pass E-Verify because both parties are literally in cahoots to allow illegal aliens to come in here and undercut the American public and the American citizen. And uh, they always say, well, they're just doing the jobs that Americans won't do. Well, that's exactly not true because at the price of, of, of less people coming in and uh, legally working the jobs, every job will come up to the market value and pay American citizens a living wage to do those jobs. And so uh, you see how they bend the rules and now we have, again, between 22 and 25 million un illegal aliens in this country undermining our job market, creating uh, underground economies uh, uh, and, and economies that are uh, literally not paying FICA, they're not paying state, they're not t paying uh, federal taxes, uh, and they're, but at the same time they're using, uh, taking advantage of us by using our hospitals. And they, uh, Actually, that number back then was uh, 87 uh, major hospitals and ER wards went bankrupt because of the illegals, uh, and, and now it's more than 100, but I don't have the specific on that. But the cost, Dave, the cost to the American public uh, and our taxpaying dollars for all of these uh, immigrants is uh, $296 billion, be as in boy, a billion dollars a year across 15 federal agencies. So you, when you hear somebody talk about, uh, oh, the lettuce is a whole lot cheaper and the tomatoes are cheaper, uh, well, you're paying a whole lot more for that lettuce and tomatoes and celery uh, through other arenas, uh, namely well over one and a half to two million illegal alien children are being educated on your dime. And to educate uh, an illegal alien's child is an $8,000 per year. Uh, and then they've got $2,000 a year in ESL courses, English as a second language. And then billions of dollars for the free breakfasts and lunches, which are not free, you're paying for them. And then, of course, you're paying for on the average, 350,000 anchor babies every year. You pay for the, the mother to come across the border illegally. She births her child here. It becomes an American citizen. And then she gets to use all the welfare, Section 8 housing, food stamps, the whole nine yards, and you and I are paying for it. So this thing has really gotten serious, and that's why we need a serious debate. And we need to start voting in uh, elected officials that are going to bid uh, do the bidding of the American people, not the illegal aliens, because uh, the illegal aliens are really getting more of the benefits than our our, our poorest, our homeless, our, our projects, and so forth. And I, I, I realize that's a long answer, but I hope it makes some sense. No, I think it, it makes a great deal of sense, Rusty. And I, I, when I when I look at and I look at the situation that you're just describing, there's a counter thought that comes into my mind, and I want to balance that. The indigenous birth rate in America, as I understand it, is 1.77, and we need 2.1 to replace. So there is an argument there that we need to close that gap to maintain our social welfare programs like Medicare, Medicaid, and so forth. Uh, do you subscribe to that, and is there a better way to do it? Uh, what do you think? Well, there, there certainly is better ways to do it. You have to understand that all immigrants uh, coming in, into this country, and we're about to add another 100 million within 30 years, they get old too. So it's a Ponzi scheme. So in the, in the reality is, you, you need to stop all of this immigration to create a stable, sustainable society, one that is living within the carrying capacity. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, in uh, Phoenix, Arizona right now, I mean, look at the, 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 the carbon brown cloud over Phoenix. Look at the traffic jams. Look at the gridlock traffic. Look at the schools. Look at the look at the consequences of all of this uh, in influx of people. Uh, does anybody does anybody in Arizona want to see Phoenix double in population? 
because Phoenix is going to double in population. In fact, the state of Arizona is going to double in population within the next 30 years if we continue this uh, immigration invasion, both legal and illegal. And, and let me give you an idea uh, of what it means to add 100 million more uh, uh, immigrants and a total of 140 million more people. That equates to doubling the populations of our 35 most populated cities. So. New York City at 8.3 million will go to 16.6 million. Chicago at around 5 million and its outskirts is going to go to 10 million. Uh, LA at 11 million is going to go to 22 million. The state of California is going to jump from 38 million to uh, 58 million. The state of, uh, of, uh, of Florida uh, is now at 18 million. It's going to hit 36 million within 30 years. In other words, double. And so then you have to look at the consequences of water. We have seven states right now in water shortages, and everything is going to increase in the cost of living. Uh, your energy is going to increase. We're, we're looking at five, six, seven, eight, ten dollars a gallon for a gallon of gas. It's going to change everything in this society because the demand's going to go up by 140 million more people. And then you've got to look at the resources. Uh, those are going to be literally strained and stressed to the limits of their uh, ability. Uh, and then you've got arable land, uh, and, and then you've got the quality of life that's going to be degraded, and then you've got a standard of living that almost certainly will be degraded. So most people are not looking at these things. I study them deeply, I s research them, and I also travel across the country. And, and the key here is we need to create a national discussion on where we want to go with our civilization. What do we want to hand over to our kids? You know, and I'd like to hand over to our kids uh, the American dream like I've lived it. I, I've had a blast in my life. I've got to travel the world. I've, I've ridden my bicycle across six continents. I, I just rid, rid, rode my bicycle the 13th time across the United States of America. I've gotten to re write almost, well, I'm on my, my 15th book is publishing. Uh, I, I've gotten to choose my life. Uh, and I would say this every person in this country that's an American citizen has gotten to have this extraordinary freedom to, uh, to live their lives in the pursuit of, of happiness uh, and life and liberty. Uh, and, and that is going to close down because as the numbers grow, uh, the freedoms are limited. At some point, uh, you will have a, a lottery to get into the Grand Canyon. At some point, you'll have to have a lottery ticket to get into Yosemite, and it's possible that citizens of America will not be able to get into Yosemite or Yellowstone or Grand Tetons or Glacier or any and all of the, the national parks simply because there's too many people. How do I know this? I've traveled on a bicycle throughout Asia, and one of the things I found out, Dave, is that once the population... Uh, you know, mushroom uh, hits a country, there are no solutions. The Chinese are in a nightmare of the situation. If you, if you travel to China, any of you listening to this broadcast, you understand what I'm saying. I mean, there's the Yangtze River, which I floated on, is a sewer pipe that creates a 20,000 square mile dead zone in, into the ocean because it's so polluted with industrial waste, with sewage from all the cities, uh, and with, with the chemicals that are being ejected into it, and there's no way to clean it up, because they, 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 they literally have so many, they're adding 10 million people every year, even with one child per family. India is even worse. They've got 1.25 billion people, and they're headed for 1.55 billion. In other words, they're going to add over 350 million more people, and they can't feed, water, and care for their citizens right now. And, and, and for those thinking, well, we've got to help all these immigrants, we've got to help all these refugees. Unfortunately, the world adds, this is the third world, Africa, India, China, Indonesia, uh, Mexico, South America, these people add th uh, uh, about 83 million new babies net gain every year, and so they are starving, they are out of water, they're out of food, they're out of work, they, they're out of education. And so they simply keep uh, pro, you know, proliferating and propagating. And so the line of, 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 of these immigrants never ends. It just gets bigger. And so they're now pouring out of Africa and in the Middle East into Europe, and they're destroying Europe. And anybody been to Europe lately? Would you like to walk around Paris? You'll be accosted on every street corner. It's not safe to go over there. If you're a woman in, in Sweden or Norway or uh, Finland or Denmark, 
or England, uh, in the, 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 the ghettos of the immigrants, you, you could be raped, molested, and or even killed because that's what's happening. Uh, do you dare uh, uh, go into Los Angeles these days or even Chicago on the southwest side? And I know because I've been through Chicago just this, this year, this fall. Those are the kinds of <coughs> things that we're looking at. The bigger the numbers, the bigger the c- problems, and they become <coughs> irreversible and unsolvable. Is it, uh, are we past the point of no return, Frosty? I would like to say this. I'm a realist and I'm an optimist. I've seen what's happened around the world. Uh, anyone can go to my bio. You can go to Facebook, Frosty Wooldridge. You can go to How to Live a Life of Adventure, the Art of Exploring the World on my, on my Facebook page. Uh, my website is howtolivealifeofadventure.com. We, we're still in control of our destiny at this point. But if we don't literally call for a 20-year moratorium, a complete shutdown of all immigration into this country, we are going to very quickly, uh, within the next 10 years, okay, this is 2018, by 2028, and I'm still going to be here at that time, we're going to add 35 million more people, okay? I want to make these numbers understandable. What is 35 million more people going to mean? California. It's going to be about... (laughs) Well, it's it's going to be California. We're going to add another California. But in the process, we're running out of water. Everybody says, well, we'll we'll take it out of the oceans and we'll distill it. We're going to have technology that's going to save us. Well, no matter how much technology, whether it's wind or solar or alternative energies, waves, you know, there's waves, there's river energies, there's turbines, all these things, at some point, there's no way to solve the problems that are uh, uh, coming down on us. We can't solve the extinction rates because we uh, we keep uh, uh, encroaching on all the habitat here in North America. We're losing 250 species a year now times 10 years. That's 2,500 creatures that no longer walk in North America. What happens when the grizzly bear is gone? What happens when some of the uh, the mountain lions are completely gone, etc., etc.? But what happens when you have no ability to go fishing, uh, go trout fishing, or you don't get to go, you don't get to go swimming because the lake or the river or the stream is totally polluted. What happens when gas is ten dollars a gallon and and more? Uh, the estimates are that it could go up to twenty dollars a gallon. Do we want to do that? And my answer is, we can. Ch- we are in control now. The American people have got to impose, if you will, upon their senators and their congresspeople. We need to look at this immigration influx, and we need to change it. And what we need to do is literally give ourselves a break. Zero immigration for the next 20 years. Get our language back in place. All Americans need to speak English language so we're all on the same page, so we can can argue and we can uh, dialectic, if you will, and that we can compromise, if you will, because we're all on the same page with the English language. I, I don't care if it was German or French or Spanish or whatever, but it needs to be a, the same language. And that's the language of our company, country. But right now in our country, we're being overrun by the Spanish. The, and, and for those of you who don't know this, by 20, uh, 2042, that's what, 22, three years from now? Uh, 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 Latinos, Mexican, uh, and, and uh, Hispanics will be the majority in this country, and European Americans will be the new minority at 49%. Look it up. You can see that up at Pew, Pew Research Center. You can look it up on uh, U.S. Uh, population projections by Fogel Martin. You can look it up uh, on uh, numbersusa.org. And, and, and the key is, do you want that? Do you want to see the American culture uh, displaced and obliterated by this mass immigration invasion? And that's what it is. It's an invasion, but it's an invasion by our own hand. And so we can't sit back and watch it happen. You, you need to stand up. And, and of course, there's an organization which I, that I always promote. One of them is NumbersUSA.org. It's nonpartisan. It doesn't bash the immigrants. And it's working with Roy Beck. Everybody should download. Uh, it's called Immigration Gumballs and Poverty. If you, if you don't, just ask me. My, my personal email is FrostyW at JUNO.com. Uh, you can get a hold of me anytime. I will send you that video, it's five minutes, and it shows you how the world adds 80 million uh, new babies net gain every year so that it's futile, it's totally hopeless 
to keep immigrating all these people. The key is, as Roy Beck says, help them in their own countries with water, food production, and birth control. And if they don't choose that and they don't go with that, then they have to deal with their own consequences. And then the second uh, video is a 10-minute video called Immigration Off the Charts, and it shows graphically within, within 10 minutes what this country is going to look like. Not only are we going to head from 300 million in 2006, we're going we're to reach 439 million people by 2050 and 625 million people uh, by 2095. Now, I'm going to tell you this. I have traveled throughout the world on a bicycle at 12 miles an hour. I've seen human misery. I've seen starvation deaths. I've seen, I've seen things that most people don't even see on TV. We don't want to go there. And it all comes down to too many people, too little resources, too little food, too little education, too little ability to function or sustain themselves uh, in their carrying capacity of their landmass. For as an example, Dave, Bangladesh, we have thousands, tens of thousands of Bangladeshis moving into America. Well, guess what? Bangladesh has 161 million people in a landmass less than the size of Iowa. Oh, my. How would you like to breathe that in? Iowa with 161 million people. That's ha almost half the American uh, population at 330 right now, 330 million. And so how, would, how does this look? Bangladesh is projected by the United Nations population projections to reach 201 million within 30 years. So is the immigrant line going to diminish? Are we going to save anybody? No, nope, we're not going to save anybody because we're going to be so overrun that we too will be in the same boat as the as the you know as Bangladesh or China or India or Africa. And, and again, I want to repeat this: Africa is projected to go from one billion today to two billion by 2050 and four billion before the end of the century. So, in other words, we chose two children or less per woman since 1970. So we would have leveled off at 255 million people. Instead, the world, uh, in the third world, went from 3.5 billion when I was in college back in 1965 to now it's 7.6 billion, and it's adding a billion every 12 years, and it's going to reach 10.1 billion or even as high as 11 billion by 2050. So when you look at those numbers, you you can't even get your arms around them, let alone your mind. But notice this. Those numbers are coming to America unless we change course. And that's why I would like to encourage each of you, go to Numbers USA, pass those two videos out to everybody you know in your, 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 your network, and we must educate ourselves, and then we need a national discussion. I'm trying to get on 60 Minutes. I'm trying to get on NPR. I'm trying to get on PBS because I'm the front man who's been to those countries, who's seen it firsthand, and I don't want China's future and or their present or India's or Africa's or Mexico's or, or even uh, Rio de Janeiro's or all of South America's or Indochina's to be our, our future. I want our future to be one that's viable and sustainable. Do, do I make sense, Dave, on this? Uh, unfortunately, you do. And I say unfortunately. We're speaking with uh, Frosty Woolrich here about population. We're going to talk about carrying capacity in just a moment. But first, I need to remind everybody that the second segment of this program is brought to you by Virtual Shield. You don't want people to know your browsing habits. Virtual Shield's made up of clandestine people of uh, interesting backgrounds. They won't even interview with me. But what they do do that you need to be really appreciative of, and I think you need to take advantage of it, is they will keep people from following you. Stop checking on your browsing habits. That's cost people jobs. And in some countries, like China, it can cost you your home, your job. It can cost you even your life. I'm not saying it's going to happen here, but Google is the culprit in all of this. And do we have Google in America? Don't take any chances. Go to Virtual Shield and see what they've got to offer. The prices are incredibly low, and they have a special on top of their already low prices. Go to HideWithDave.com. That's HideWithDave.com. We're speaking with Frosty Woolridge, 
and he's painting a bleak picture demographically about what's coming population-wise to the United States. Frosty, let me ask you just a couple general questions. What do you estimate the carrying capacity population-wise of the United States to be? Well, we're actually already exceeding the carrying capacity of the United States in that uh, we import so much food from out of the country, uh, but uh, the water uh, crisis that we're facing right now at some point is going to be irreversible. But the real crisis is the fact that we import seven out of ten barrels of oil. Hmm. What happens when that oil, and of course peak oil has already happened to the world uh, since, well here in the United States it hit, hit in 1971. And at some point, there will not be uh, uh, enough oil. It takes more energy units to pull the oil that's left out of the ground than, than, than it makes for the energy that's created. Uh, and so we're looking at a situation where gasoline and diesel and oil and all the things that drive this civilization are not going to be there. And so uh, and we're also realizing that wind power and uh, of the power of the uh, solar power and even wave power and even river power from the you know these turbines uh, is not going to be enough uh, to run the tractors uh, to to create enough electricity uh, because the power of oil is one of the most extraordinary on the planet because it's so versatile but at some point it is going to be gone in this century and then how do you uh, feed the tractors that plow the fields that irrigate the crops and that make all the food for us. Um, it's called carrying capacity. And as it stands right now, we're actually, because we import seven out of 10 barrels of oil, we're already in overshoot. It's called overshoot. Uh, and some of the, you know, some of the great uh, authors uh, have talked about that. Uh, Heinberg is brilliant. It's called uh, Peak Everything. And he talks about how we're running out of all of these non-renewable resources. Uh, Chris Clugston, whom I've worked with now for over 20 years, he wrote a book called Scarcity, and we have 80 minerals and metals uh, around the world that we use in our society, lithium, copper, uh, you know, zinc, you know, and all the way down the line. Well, we're at exhaustion rate for nearly half of them right now. And, and what people don't understand is that right now the world burns 94 million barrels of oil a day. The United States burns roughly 20 million barrels of oil per day. Uh, 98 million barrels by the whole rest of the planet. Uh, and, and, and China right now is adding 27 million new cars uh, every year, net gain. They've got, this is no kidding, people, would, uh, when I was on one radio show, everybody was in shock. Uh, they've got 50 lanes of cars, 50 lanes over in China. How do oh I know? I was there. Uh, and you can even look it up, look it up, 50 lanes of cars in China. And you, you sit there and you just can hardly believe it. But when you've got 1.4 billion people and you add 27 million new cars each year, uh, the projections, uh, uh, it was Howard Kunstler wrote the book, The Long Emergency, and he talks about when, when oil is gone. He said by 2030, which is 12 years from now, China alone will be burning 98 million barrels of oil per day. The rest of the world will be, will be burning by that time because by, uh, by, uh, 25th, or by 2030, will have another billion people on the planet. So the rest of the world is going to be burning over 100 million barrels of oil per day. And so you're now burning 200 million barrels of oil per day. Let me give you an idea what just uh, 94 billion, a million barrels of oil is. If you take a, an oil drum, which is 42 gallons to the drum, it's 20 inches at the diameter at the base. If you take that drum and you take and add all 94 million barrels of oil, it will create a belt that will stretch around the equator 25,000 miles around the Earth. We burn that much oil every single day of the year, and at 12, uh, 12 o'clock at midnight, we fill up all 94 million barrels of oil, and then we burn them down again by the end of the 24-hour period. If that doesn't shock you into realizing how much oil we burn, I don't know what will, and then think we're going to double that within the next 12 years, according to these very uh, well-researched books. Does, does anybody want to be here and think that that's going to work out positively for all of us? Uh, what do you think, Dave? Does that, do I? Does, do you sit there and you just you're almost you sit there and you just go, oh my God, 
Well, I have found that a lot of people want to do what is called cognitive dissonance. Cognitive dissonance is intellectual denial of reality. Well, if we do that, then we can just keep going, but at some point, it's called a Faustian bargain. So economic souls for the moment, for growth, 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 and wealth, 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 and all of a sudden, the entire uh, bandwagon crashes because there's no way to, uh, the carrying capacity has been so exceeded, we're into overshoot, that there's no way to carry on the civilization. It simply collapses. Are you familiar with the website uh, that was created by one of Obama's early political backers, and it's called America2050.org, and it has us living in megacities as an answer to some of the problems you're proposing here? Yeah, and I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm somewhat familiar with that, and I, I can tell you this, if we go if we go that direction, let's just say we just keep growing, the United States goes uh, from 300 million in 2006 to 440 million by 2050 and 600 million, I ask every person listening, do you not want to walk out into nature uh, and, and hear the birds and watch the stream go by or sit by the lake or be a part of nature because we're all part of nature. If we put ourselves in concrete cities and concrete glass and concrete jungles, we'll turn into what's happened to China. And, and, and anybody, and I'm sure many of you have been to China, you go to China and there's, there's no wilderness left. There's the panda bears uh, are at the end of their rope. Uh, the snow leopard is at the end of its rope. Uh, they're losing so many species. Every river and every lake is is poisoned with 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 the particulate and and exhaust from these cities that are just mega cities. Anybody been to uh, go to Hong Kong or go to uh, go to Tokyo? I've been to these cities. I've been to Rio de Janeiro. I've been to Sao Paulo. They're horrible. There's no humanity left. There's no chance to, to go out in the woods and go for a walk. So, no, uh, uh, we don't need to go there. What we need to do in the United States is lead the rest of the world back to quality of life and standard of living in a successful, sustainable civilization. That means stabilizing the population. And we chose to do that back in 1970. It was the 1965 Immigration Reform Act by Teddy Kennedy, Howard Metzenbaum, and Jacob Javits that let the floodgates open. And so we went from 175,000 immigrants every year, which was how many people who also egressed the country, which was a balance. So we stated we would have leveled off at 255 million people. We then, because of that one single asinine uh, policy that was pushed through Congress in 65. We've added 130 million people in just 40-odd years, uh, and we're about to add 140 million more. What's the point? Does anybody, can anybody give a good reason why you want to live in, uh, uh, in New York City times two, times three, times four, and then you want to get out to the countryside so you can sit and go fishing in a lake or go fishing in a stream? Guess what? There will be 100,000 other people trying to get to the stream, hundred other thousand people trying to get to the nature walk. That's not what we're meant for, Dave. We're meant for a quality life here in the United States of America where we have freedoms, where we have nature, where we have, we have skies that are blue, and we have land that is fertile, and that all of us have a chance to live the American dream. Well, Frosty, let me throw this part out to you, because what we're looking at is you're going to hear from the Democratic Party that wants to do away with ICE that wants totally open borders. You know, DACA should be the rule of law on their terms, not the country's terms. And they're going to say, you're xenophobic. You're racist. How do you respond to that? I love that. Thank you for that question. I am a human being that respects all races, all colors, all ethnic groups, because I know this, having traveled through almost 100 countries, that they're all, every single human being on the planet is doing the best they can. Racism and xenophobia have nothing uh, in common with facts. Everything I've brought to you this hour is fact. These are facts that we're facing. So facts are not racist, they're not xenophobic, they're not nativist. Uh, and, and as a matter of fact, I have quite a few friends that are black, quite a few friends who are Hispanic, because I live in Denver, Colorado. Uh, and, and so, uh, in fact, some of these friends are 20 and 30 years, uh, dear friends, and, and so forth. They would 
argue with you very quickly that Frosty Wildrich is a man of honor and integrity, and what I'm trying to do is bring out the facts. And the facts are we can't keep adding immigrants. We can't keep bringing in more and more people because all of us, black, white, red, brown, and yellow, will not be able to survive any kind of a quality of life or a standard of living if we continue on this uh, on this pace of, of immigration growth. So uh, facts have nothing to do with racism or xenophobia, and the reality is that's what I'm bringing you, simply facts. Have you uh, considered um, the motivations behind people who want this, not just American immigration, but international immigration, as you pointed out? Are there forces behind this, and if so, what are they up to? Okay, everyone listening today, if you haven't heard me before or listened to any of read my books or otherwise, there are other forces that absolutely are in total uh, a denial of reality. Uh, Pro-growth capitalists, they want to have their Learjets, they want to have their multi-million dollar homes, and notice their Learjets are at their private airport, notice their their multi-million, you know, three, four, five million dollar homes <coughs> up in the mountains or off in the, in the, somewhere away from the maddening crowds, uh, certainly away from Manhattan or, or certainly away from Chicago's south side. And so they, and I found this to be true in all my travels, the rich always are in gated communities away from the maddening crowds, the massive poor and all the middle class, and they stay up away from it all. They're untouched by it. But there's no way that anybody's going to uh, literally survive or break away from or be isolated from another 140 million people being added to the United States of America because it's simply going to overwhelm the ability of our country, our civilization to function. And if you go to, if you go to India, the, the misery index over there is just incredible. The rivers, are the, the Ganges, which I've floated, is a sewer pipe loaded with nothing but plastic and, and, and garbage and filth and human remains and you name it. it you can't even, you don't even want to wade in it. It's got so many germs. Uh, there's plastic in all the rivers of India. India is a mess. It's never going to survive what's going on. I'm, I'm amazed that India uh, and even China don't have unbelievable outbreaks of cholera and other diseases uh, that are just, well, as a matter of fact, this is, go to populationmedia.org for support of this statement that I'm making to you. India is so overpopulated that 1,000 kids under the age of 12 die every day of dysentery, uh, of uh, diarrhea, and other waterborne diseases because they can't clean the water. And guess what? Only 30% of Indians, 30.2% have a toilet, have access to the toilet. The rest of Indians defecate on the land. Look it up. Indian Express. It was one of my articles. Can you imagine the United States right now, a thousand kids under 12 dying every day of dysentery or, or diarrhea or other waterborne diseases? We would jump on that right now and we'd clear the, clean the water up. We'd make it right, like in Flint, Michigan or whatever, but they can't because literally a billion people uh, there in India are, are defecating on the land and urinating in the streets. And you go to any town in India, and it stinks of human defecation and urination everywhere. And that—that's what—that's what they face, and they can't even solve it. How do you think we're going to solve it if we allow ourselves to continue this massive uh, immigration invasion into our country? And that the answer is, we're not going to solve it. We are going to degrade ourselves uh, lower and lower and lower and lower standards and lower standards still until we do become a third world country. Well, Frosty, some of that, people would argue, is already happening in places like San Francisco, where immigration is not so much the culprit, but it's the economy, where middle class people are living in cars, and San Francisco has had to hire what they call the poop police to go out and clean up all the defecations in their street. So we already seen the beginnings of some of these third world standards of living in our country, and then I, I agree with you. Once we start adding 130 million here, 130 million there, you know, then we're going to see a real degradation in our lifestyle. I think there's no question. Exactly. And I bicycled from Canada down to Mexico uh, June, July uh, of, this, of this year, of this summer, and I actually stayed three days 
uh, there in San Francisco. They have 11,000 homeless. I've got pictures. I took I took 2,000 pictures on this bicycle ride, and in San Francisco, needles. You know, they're they're passing out all these heroin needles and all the you know shoot 'em up needles. The needles are getting thrown all over the sidewalks. Human defecation on the sidewalks. All these third world people are literally urinating all over uh, the streets. They, they can't even keep up with porta potties. Uh, and they have 11,000 homeless and I tarp cities everywhere. The blue tarps, nylon tents along the canals. You name it, they're everywhere. And, and then uh, on the streets, and then you get down into L.A., there's 90,000 people. 90? I saw them. Oh, I nice. went through, uh, I rode my bicycle through all of those streets uh, and the canals, and there are tarp cities and tent cities everywhere with trash and filth and garbage everywhere. Uh, L.A. is in so much trouble. And I'm not sure you can solve 90 thousand homeless people what are you going to do when it's a hundred and ninety thousand homeless people I, 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 I see what i'm saying is at some point there's no way to solve it there's no way to reverse it and then we become a third world country uh, there was something called and boy i wish i would have had this available in my mind we started i think it was called the chesterson prophecies are you familiar with that story not familiar with that story no oh, it was written in the um early 1900s about how an imperialistic nation and it was written by an Englishman uh, would take over a country and then basically they let the immigrants of these countries that they conquered come back into the host country and the question was basically how many third world immigrants can you take on until you become the new third world country oh well I would agree with that premise because again as you displace uh, I'll, I'll give you an example. Uh, I worked in Detroit for 15 years, and I'm one of the people who saw Detroit. And I wrote the book. I wrote an article called "The Tragedy of Detroit" in 2009, and it circulated all over the internet because I wrote it from inside. Whereas Time Magazine wrote a story about the tragedy of Detroit from the outside. Uh, but Detroit, run by Coleman Young, who was the most corrupt black, you know, American that ever got to be a mayor of any city, and, and he, his cronies, and he. Uh, just completely destroyed Detroit, uh, and uh, of course the car manufacturing went down the tubes because all of these people on the line were not doing the spot well. They weren't finishing off the cars very well, and so Ford turned into a junk car. And I know because I bought two Ford cars back in the 70s, and they were both pieces of junk. But what happened in Detroit is that the schools, 78% dropout flunkout rate. Uh, it, it went from half white, half black, to 70, 80, and now it's 90% black uh, there in Detroit. And now it's uh, Muslims and, and uh, you know, well, 300,000 Muslims, and the rest uh, are pretty much black, about 90% black in Detroit. But what happened, and I'm a former teacher. I taught math and science in Denver, Colorado in the early 70s. Uh, what happened in Detroit was the fact that the, the African Americans there did not have the jobs anymore. Uh, because Ford was losing those line jobs. And so then all of a sudden you have uh, the carjackings at stoplights on Telegraph and Ford Road and Joy Road and, and, and all of the other uh, uh, roads across Detroit. And, and the schools, 78% dropout flunkout rate. And if you were white, you were getting beat up or extorted for your lunch money. You couldn't even make it home uh, because they were going to molest you, beat you up, and so forth. Uh, there were cars being burned in the streets. Uh, burglaries everywhere, and, and so uh, you you had the flight of 1.2 million uh, uh, Detroiters left Detroit, and then you had nothing. I remember when I had finished working a, a 15-hour day. I worked for Corrigan Moving Systems as a summer job for United Van Lines. I went in, and there was a Detroit Free Press, and one lady, uh, an African-American lady, had 24 children. She had 24 children with 24 different men. And she was making a fortune because she got paid from uh, aid to dependent children $1,600 a month for each child. And all these kids were just gathered around the TV, and she's driving a Cadillac, and I'm working 15-hour days loading furniture for United Van Lines, and she's sitting on her butt having another baby. Well, all this stuff, the, the welfare state, and, and then the schools going down the tubes, the hospitals bankrupted, all the convenience stores, 7-Elevens, they all went broke because why? They got shoplifted to death. And all of a sudden, there wasn't any food being able to have any food right, right there in Detroit. And so Detroit completely collapsed. 
Well, that article I wrote, uh, The Tragedy of Detroit, if you want to read it, just go online. The Tragedy of Detroit by Frosty Wooldridge. There's pictures with it. That's what's coming to us because you can't take third world people and bring them up to first world standards. They they don't exactly. stay in school because they don't have the intellectual horsepower. And then when they don't have the intellectual horsepower, they just join gangs and then they start uh, doing drugs and then they do the drug gangs and then they do the regular gangs and then they do the carjacking and that goes with it. That's what I'm talking about is happening. And that, that article, that's why it's so famous because people are seeing it happen to their own cities across America right now. Chicago is a very good example. Miami is another right. one. Well, it's happening everywhere. I mean, uh, Frosty, we're just about out of time. And I wanted to okay. give you—I wanted to give you a, a moment here to tell people how they can follow your good work. This has been very concerning, and I have to tell you that I'm going to have to go back and listen to this a couple times myself, just to get the full gravity of everything you're saying. But for people that want to follow you and know more about this topic and what can be done, where are they? Where can they go? All right. Uh, for those of you, I put out two very compelling columns each week. Uh, CapitalHillOutsider.com. CapitalHillOutsider.com. I'm always featured on the marquee, and I write articles that affect you. I am not up there like uh, like uh, David Muir. I'm not up there like Scott Pelley. I'm not up there like uh, uh, you know Jake Tapper. Those people get paid $150,000, $200,000 a year to literally give you the PC. I'm giving you the truck driver version. I'm giving you the teacher in the ghetto, because I've taught in the ghetto. I'm the bartender. I've been a bartender. I have been a heavy equipment uh, operator. So I'm giving you the ground level of what's happening to America. Newswithviews.com is another one. Uh, Freedom's Phoenix. Freedom's Phoenix uh, uh, with uh, Hancock. Yeah, Ernie Hancock. Hancock. I publish on there twice a week right there in Phoenix. Uh, Freedom's Phoenix. uh, before it's news, uh, I, I do uh, I do all independent, I do all uh, conservative, I do even liberal news service websites because we got to educate everybody on what we're facing. Uh, again, if you have questions or there's something that's happening to your city, just write me at frostyw at juno.com, j-u-n-o.com, and I, I've had thousands of, of American citizens saying, my God, write about this because this is what's happened to my community and I do I, I'll expose it because I am a citizen journalist that cares about what's happening you do. I've got two boys uh, I've got my wife and, you do. and we're doing the best we can and I know you the American citizen is doing the best you can but we cannot do the best we can if we have our entire country run over uh, by this massive hundred million more immigrants it's obviously not working right now. Exactly. How do you think it's going to work? Well, Frosty, in our country? and I'm sorry, we are flat out of time, oh. my friend. But oh. this has been very informative. We're going to do this again as a follow-up. Thank you so much for joining us. A pleasure, Dave. Thank you, and, and, and God bless America. Let's save it for our kids. So thank you for your actions. NumbersUSA.org, jump in there. Uh, that's that's the key. We've got to take action for our country. Capsweb.org is another organization. Okay, Fro- uh, Frosty, we're we're gonna we're we're going right to the top of the hour break. Thanks so much. Take care, my friend. Thank you.